back episode seven i believe of the rainy days podcast um i don't know how people keep track of what episodes they're on and shit other than i don't know um i'm already having trouble and i'm only seven in um but yeah man uh as always thank you guys for listening uh to anyone who has tuned in i really appreciate it Uh, i don't care if you've listened to one if you've listened to all six if you've listened to a combination of that uh, i just really appreciate it um George appreciates it, maybe, I don't know, um, but, uh, but yeah, man, as always, feel free to follow us on Instagram, it's rainy days, R-N-Y-D-Y-S, on Twitter, it's rainy days, R-N-Y-D-Y-S, with two underscores, and you can subscribe on YouTube, follow us on SoundCloud, too, both of those you can find, just look up rainy days with Randy L.A., last name is spelled A-L-A-Y, um, yeah, where we just put out, it feels like we just put out episode six, um, and we're already back with episode seven. I guess that that's what happens when you do a weekly podcast, uh, feels like next week, the next week you're just right back at it, um, which makes sense. So, <laughs> uh, I'm wearing my rainy days hoodie, um, mine says host, uh, cause you, cause I'm in front of the camera. George's says staff because, you know, he does the behind-the-camera stuff. Um, and, yeah, man, right now we have the, the only two hoodies that say that stuff on them with rainy days on the back. So it's pretty exclusive shit, man. Um, I think we're going to get some more soon for, you know, maybe, like, some of our friends. Maybe. We'll see, though. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I got I got a few things to cover today. I'm going to talk about the new Tory Lanez track. Um, I'm going to do this new thing, so like a flashback to like a, a, a previous project that had dropped kind of recently. Uh, it could also be like a project that dropped a while ago. And I'm going to get into Kid Cudi a little bit. Uh, you know, Kid Cudi's most recent stuff that he's been like talking about, whatnot, what he's been doing. And uh, I'm going to finish just by talking about some of his like you know, just more background on Kid Cudi for anyone who doesn't know and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so jumping right into it, uh, Tory Lanez is dropping Chicks Tape 5 uh, on the 15th. So um, the day after this podcast drops, uh, Chicks Tape 5 will be out. So we'll cover Chicks Tape 5 in episode 8, um, which would probably be the plan anyway, just because I like to have... Uh, the music sit with me for a little bit so I can give you guys like a good review and whatnot. Um, so he released his first his first single off this uh, project and it's called Jerry Sprunger uh, featuring T-Pain. Obviously it's a play on Jerry Springer and it's also a play on T-Pain's um, popular song I'm Sprung. Uh, and the song opens up with sample uh, the song throughout the whole song the sample to I'm Sprung is featured uh, and it starts off with T-Pain obviously with the you do 
uh, lyric from that song. And I actually enjoyed this song. I think mainly I enjoyed the song because of T-Pain. I do enjoy some of Tory Lane's work, Tory Lane's work, um, but not all of it. Uh, I can't lie. I Like I said, I do enjoy some of his work. Not all of it, though. Um, but I am kind of excited for Chick's Tape 5. I know that uh, all his previous Chick's Tape projects uh, have a lot of hype around him. And so I am looking forward to seeing what he has in store for this one. Um, obviously, we know Tory Lanez is uh, OVO, signed to Drake. Um, <clears throat> and I was looking at the lyrics as as far as like this song goes. And it, it is very reminiscent of T of T Pain's I'm Sprung. Um, it's just like, you know, it's them talking about a bunch of stuff that like this like this girl that they're talking to or whatnot, uh, has them like changing about their life, you know, like stuff that they wouldn't do before, um and whatnot. And Tory Lane's in the first verse is like praising her for like, you know, all the work like how hard she works and whatnot. Uh, like even when she's not feeling it, he says like she gets it in on her worst day. Uh, she fits school and the gym into her work day. Uh, he, then he says I'm sprung. She got me do, doing the dishes. And I know that T-Pain mentions that in his um, I'm sprung. And But yeah, I mean, other than that, there wasn't much else to say about the track. Uh, I did just kind of like the combination of those two artists. And... Um, obviously T-Pain T-Pain's an OG in the in the R&B game and you know he did I think that he's one of the first to kind of like pioneer the auto-tune sound and so that's kind of like what I wanted to debate well not even debate I kind of want to put it out there for debate um, is on whether or not T-Pain is the king of auto-tune like of all time is it him is it Travis? Uh, is it Quavo? I don't know. I think that it, obviously, I think it would depend on who you ask and what kind of music everybody listens to. Um, I definitely think that it's between Travis and T Pain, though. I don't think that Quavo has really done enough to kind of like be up there. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, feel free to reach out and let me know what you guys think. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment and tell me what you think. I, I kind of, I am looking forward to kind of seeing like responses from this and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Chicks Tape 5 comes out on the 15th and I am excited for that. Um, like I said, I'll cover it in next week's episode, but, um, but yeah, for now, Jerry Sprunger, I think it's a pretty solid opening or first single, uh, super solid. I enjoyed it. And like I said, I'm excited to see what comes next from that, pro uh, what comes in that project um but yeah so i wanted to do like a new segment and I'm just, it's pretty much i'm just calling it a flashback pretty much so it's i'm just gonna i'll do it like every now and then you know uh kind of like how last week i like told a story whatnot i'll include that sometimes too and so the flashback will be kind of like a project that has dropped it can be either like you know like a year ago or however many years ago you know there's no no certain time frame on it as long as it's not like a like a project that came out this year I guess is the best way to say it then I guess I'll consider it a flashback and so I picked this project specifically because it kind of touches into what I'm going to get into later on in the episode 
So my flashback for today is My Dear Melancholy by The Weeknd. Um, so first off, I wanted to get into like the cover art, which I've been a huge fan of ever since I first saw it. Um, it's super dark and it fits the content the, the cover art fits what's in the actual project, you know, as far as like the lyrics and the and the production and, and the melodies. Um, so obviously it's like, I'm sure you've seen it because uh, he's got a bunch of, well, not a bunch. He has a few big hits from that project that came out last year in March. And yeah, March 30th, I believe. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Came out in March. That's all I know. So, um, like I said, the cover art, it's like pretty much all black. And then like, you only see like half of, I don't even want to say half of his face. Cause you can't see his mouth at all. You see half of his nose, you see one eye and you see his forehead, which is kind of in like a, like a orange kind of like light. <coughs> and, and it says my dear melancholy across the, like around the corner. And, you know, I thought it was a very I don't even want to say creative, but it's a very great cover art for this project. And the title does have a, call, a comma at the end of it, which was such a tease because I thought we were going to get more than one project. You know, I thought he was almost going to do like another like trilogy of mixtapes or something like that, which we didn't get, sadly. But hey, um, I know I've said it before. I'm looking forward to his next album and we'll see when we get it hopefully it's soon um but yeah that's besides the point so the first track on this project was call out my name and call out my name was probably the biggest hit from this project and with good reason so like i said call out my name um it's so I, th I think, personally, I'm pretty sure it's about Selena Gomez. I could be wrong, but I feel like there's a few lyrics in there that just kind of, like, tip it off as far as, like, him almost cutting out a piece of himself for her life. Um, but, hey, like I said, I could be wrong. And what I liked about this song, right, so he's super vulnerable. It's probably the most vulnerable we've seen The weekend in his whole career, right? And, and I feel like he, you get that through not only, like, how he's singing which feels very like desperate and feels very like oh I don't even want to say hopeless but you know it's just it's very desperate and a few of the lyrics where he kind of get where I think that you know it's um where it feels like desperate and whatnot he says um I want you to stay even though you don't want me and I feel like that's kind of like it's almost like masochistic because he knows that like she doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want him, uh, just like in general. But he just like he enjoys having her around so much that he doesn't care about like that pain, you know. And another part that I thought was super cool is the tables really turned on him from earlier in his career. So in this song, he says, um, "Girl, why can't you wait till I fall out of love?" And in a earlier song back in the trilogy. Uh, I believe it was either the it was either the birds part one or part two. Um, it's really bothering me that I can't remember which one it is, but it's either the birds part one or part two. And he says so from like 
obviously from the girl's perspective, he goes, she said, uh, please mercy me. Uh, let me fall out of love before you fuck her. And so I thought that that was just like a pretty cool contrast in like the two points of career that he was in. Um, and I think that it really says a lot about how he's how he's changed personally like maybe now he's opening up more and maybe that's why he is vulnerable you know he's opening himself up to love um and all the possible consequences that come with it but before in the trilogy when when he was younger he was just kind of like he was looking for that lust he was looking for that thrill uh, and i feel like a lot of people can relate to that and i feel like that's why his music resonates with so many people is because you can really um relate to some of his stuff obviously not everything but you can definitely relate to a good amount of his stuff that he talks about uh so that goes into the next track try me and mike will made it is on production for this with um with frank dukes who produced most of this tahila and whatnot maybe one or two other producers but so this one it was to me, it almost sounds like, you know, it's just like kind of like a seductive ballad. It's like him trying to seduce this girl to like, you know, and like have her cheat on her boyfriend or whoever she's with, whatnot. And I mean, it's pretty straightforward what he what he sings about. And he says, whatever he says, I didn't know you were down for him finding out. I thought you had some kind of love for your man. And he says, but I'm not trying to break up something you've been working on. You've been steady. And then he goes on to say, but I'm ready to go all the way if you let me. Don't you tempt me. Um, so he's pretty much saying, like, I don't want to, like, you know, ruin what you have going on. But if you tempt me, I'm going to do it. <coughs> and George just made a face back there. And I don't know what he's making faces about. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's besides the point. I don't, I don't know what George is laughing about, but it's okay. Huh? No risk at all. Yeah, there you go. He said you got to risk it all. <laughs> and then, I don't know, maybe George is going to risk it all at some point. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so at the end, so like whatever, he goes into the bridge. Um, and it's just, you know, he's harmonizing. And then the outro, I love the outro just because... Like, after saying all that stuff, you know, I'm, this is probably about, like, an ex or something because, um, you know, it's, it's it's probably about an ex because, you know, he says, like, you're the best I've ever had and, like, whatever. He says, once you put your pride to the side, you can notify me. Um, and he says, like, can you try me, you know? And after he says, you're the best I've ever had, he goes on to say, like, remind me, you know, just to, like, remind him why she's the best that he's had whatnot and the outro i feel like was one of the best parts of this whole song um he talks about like you know like doesn't she like miss him and whatnot and he says the way i kissed your scars the way i fixed your heart so i feel like almost after appealing to the whole like lust side of things in the first half of the track or the first three quarters of the track, he does the bridge, and then he goes trying to hit more of, like, the personal stuff, you know, um, like, the stuff that they went through that they shared, like, sentiment with, and maybe he fixed this, whoever he's talking about, he, like, helped her through some things, and kissed your scars, I'm not sure who he's talking about, but hey, um, I guess that's open for interpretation, 
I guess it's supposed to be that way. Um, but Try Me was another very solid song. Wasted Times, I know, is a lot of people's favorite tracks on there. I also enjoyed it. It's not my favorite on this project. Um, I'll mention my favorite song. But I'd, Wasted Times was still a great song. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Again, he's talking about like Wasted Times that he spent with another with another girl. Um, and he says that she wasn't even half of this other person that he's, you know, writing this to. And so it's pretty, it looks like he's like, he's gotten to the point where he kind of wants to take like the good with the bad, you know? So he says like, um, in the chorus, he goes on to say, now I'm asking, who do you belong to now? Who do you give that love to now? Who are you pulling up on? Who are you getting sprung for now? And then he goes on to say what they got that I don't got. Cause I got a lot, you know? And so I feel like this is kind of like a, it, it doesn't sound like a plea, you know, it doesn't sound like him like begging for her to come back and whatnot. Um, but it does sound like he, he's kind of at the point where like he realized, um, what he had and like, although, yeah, some stuff might not have been great. <coughs> he, you know, he still misses that. And obviously, you know, he goes on to say like the, his one of his like major punchlines. Um, he says he's got no business catching feelings, um, and maybe that's why he's like he puts that at the end almost as kind of like, like yeah, I want to know what's going on in your life. He's like, but I don't have any business catching feelings anyway. Um, and then he goes on to say like you've been with me from the beginning, and we're not talking right now. And then. Obviously, another punchline that, like a lyric that a lot of people know, he goes on to just say, I hope you know this dick is still an option. And he says, because I'll beat it up. Uh, I took my time to learn the way your body functions. And so I guess that this is kind of like the tip off that it's about Bella. He says, you were equestrian, so ride it like a champion. Because um, Bella rides horses, whatnot. And so, hey, um, I guess... I guess he could have been more discreet, but I don't think he meant to be discreet about that one. But, um, but you know, and the outro on it, the outro on this whole thing, uh, he just goes into like, it's just him kind of like really showing his vocal range. And he talks about he doesn't want to wake up if this girl is not laying next to him. Um, and the way that he sings it is very, very beautiful. I think that. Personally, I think that The Weeknd has the best vocals in R&B right now. Um, I think it's pretty close. I think Frank Ocean's up there. Um, I'm blanking on who else, but Frank Ocean's definitely up there. Daniel Caesar's another one, but I think right now The Weeknd has probably the best vocals in R&B, even though we haven't heard from him in a while. Um, but yeah, so after Wasted Times comes my favorite, my personal favorite track, I was never there. It's featuring Gasolfelstein on production. Um, and so it opens up with these like these sirens or whatever noise it is. Um, that's just like it makes it it's it kind of like sets a scene and it almost like feels like it feels like that that siren and like that the production at the beginning belongs in like a horror movie at some point, you know, Um and so a few of the lyrics that I really want to get into just because I feel like this track is like the one of the deepest out of all of them, if not the deepest. Uh, I think it's between this one and Privilege. And so 
he opens up right away after like 30 minutes of like the siren and like that nice production he comes in and says what makes a grown man want to cry and he says what makes him want to take his life um and he says his happiness is never real and mindless sex is how he feels um um and whatever he goes on to the chorus and he says when it's time it won't matter and then he says it was like he was never there it was like he was gone in thin air so for me that chorus is kind of like it goes on to show that like um like all this stuff that he's gone through in this relationship and whatnot like maybe it almost feels like a waste of time because he says it was like he was never there so it's pretty much like you know he like it like it was not significant almost is what what that seems like to me personally um and i'm sure people have different interpretations of it but that's just kind of how i see it i see it as like a and he says like when it's time it won't matter so it's like like i said it's kind of like an insignificant time period and it's almost like a waste of time and i feel like that's pretty fitting given the fact that it comes after wasted times in the track in the track listing so um yeah and so in the outro of this song too um well i guess it's more of like a bridge before the outro he goes on to say that now he knows what love is and it's not this um person for sure and i feel like these are two of the most powerful lines in the whole the whole song really in the whole project he says, you'd rather something toxic, so I poison myself again and again till I feel nothing in my soul. And he goes on to say, I'm on the edge of something breaking. I feel my mind is slowly fading. If I keep going, I won't make it. And then obviously in the outro he says, and it's all because of you. And that's kind of like, you know, the song slowly fades out after that. And that whole part, I feel like. I feel like a lot of people now can kind of relate to that because, you know, I feel, you know, especially maybe like high school and like early college relationships, it's like stuff that like more like observing things, you you like notice toxic relationships and you notice like these toxic people being together and you're like, why are they still together? Like, you know, something like that when it's pretty obvious that they're toxic for each other and maybe they even know it. Um but for some reason, they continue to, you know, put up with it and they kind of continue to like go on with it. And I feel like that's the topic that this um, bridge covers. And even in the outro, you know, just kind of blaming this person um, for him wanting to keep almost po- like he says poisoning himself, even though he's not actually like um, talking about drugs in this instance. Um, and after this track, oh, also that track is definitely for me one of the best tracks of 2018 um it's i still listen to it like daily it's still one of my favorite tracks um from the weekend ever and um but yeah so the next track he goes on to hurt you um featuring gasolfelstein again not really much to say about this one it's another great track obviously but um it's it's really straightforward he just kind of talks about you know he doesn't want a relationship uh he doesn't want love and he he's kind of at the point where he just wants lust and yeah you know he kind of explains like what he would do to this girl if he sees her or if she calls him up tells him to come over or goes over to his place hey um 
I do like the pre-chorus though. He says, uh, "All the nights you slept alone, dry in your eyes, and all the nights you thought about taking your life. Um, if it's love you want again, don't waste your time." And then obviously, what I was referencing, he says, "But if you call me up, I'm fucking you on sight." And in between all of that, he's kind of saying like, "Cause of me, like her crying, like her crying at night, her thinking about like taking her life. It's all cause of him." Um, but you know, another great track. And so that goes on to the final track, Privilege. And so Privilege is the shortest song on the whole project, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also one of, like, the darkest. Um, so you, I'll just go over, like, the lyrics. And he says, enjoy your privileged life because I'm not going to hold you through the night. Um, we said our last goodbyes, so let's just try to end it with a smile. And then he goes on to say, and I don't want to hear that you were suffering because uh, I held you down when you were suffering. And so I feel like that's super powerful because maybe he gave this person, whoever he's talking about, maybe Selena Gomez, maybe not. Um, he gave this person his all, you know. He kind of, he helped them through, like, really hard times. And maybe he fe- he feels like he was taken advantage of. Um, but the the beat to this, I love the production to this, uh, I feel like it was the perfect closer for this project, and I, the bridge for me again. These like bridges and outros were like some of the best parts of the whole song, because he kind of goes into like his vocal ranges um, and talks about some real stuff. But the bridge in this one I enjoy because you know it's it's kind of him. He acknowledges like his toxic ways of dealing with things, but he's just like you know. So he says, I'm going to fuck the pain away and I know I'll be okay. Uh, they said our love is just a game. I don't care what they say, but I'm going to drink the pain away. I'm going to drink the pain away. I'll be back to my old ways. And I got two red pills to take the blues away. Obviously, the two red pills and the the blues is a reference to um, the Matrix. Um, but the rest of it, you know, it's obviously very toxic ways of dealing with like pain and sadness and sorrow or whatever you're going through. Um, but that's how he feels like dealing with it. And I'm sure nobody's going to tell him otherwise if that's what he wants to do. But, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much that whole project. And the reason that I picked my dear melancholy was mainly because of privilege. Um, because recently on the weekends, uh, Memento Mori, uh, beats one radio station thing. Um, kid, they put out like a, a remix to Privilege by Kid Cudi and I feel like Kid Cudi is an artist who doesn't really get much love or not that's that's the wrong way to put it I feel like he doesn't get enough love um for what he does and like for his for his music and whatnot but so I wanted to get into this Kid Cudi remix and I feel like it's fitting because the nine-year anniversary of Man on the Moon 2 just passed so it's been nine years since that came out um, which it's a very long time ago. It doesn't feel like it came out that long ago, but hey. Um, but yeah, so Kid Cudi's only got one verse in it. And so he says, I lost a friend today. Feel you gone. You slipped away. Uh, here you'll always stay with me. The moments shared, the memories as I dream. I look for you. I reminisce. These empty nights, I call out to you, feeling for you. Crazy love comes to an end. Another thought, a picture of you, 
dreaming of you and so that's that's his whole verse uh that he contributes and i really i really like that verse um i feel like it's super like dark and um he and his melody while he's singing it is like very haunting it's um i don't even know exactly how to explain it you just got you honestly just got to look it up and listen to it if you haven't listened to it uh because i'm sure you'll enjoy kid cuddy's you know melody over this beat that was already great and so you know it's it's pretty much just him like feeling sad about a person that he just lost and you know he rem- he reminisces about them he dreams about them uh all that good stuff um and it, it almost feels like a desperate cry for like this person that he's talking about and and I never really thought about Kid Cudi or anyone doing a remix to Privilege, but after hearing it, I feel like Kid Cudi was the perfect artist to do a remix of this song. And obviously we know Kid Cudi is really famous for his hums. This doesn't lack in hums. He hums a lot. It's like a two-minute song, and probably for a solid minute, it's just all hums. And I loved it. Um, He goes crazy with them, and I really really enjoyed what he did with that um with that song and hopefully this isn't the last collab that we'll see from the weekend and kid cuddy um so like i mentioned earlier i want to get into kid cuddy a little bit um we all know kid cuddy has had you know he's had his struggles with like you know mental health problems and whatnot and obviously he's doing a lot better now which is really great for him and i'm happy for him and so I wanted to get into a couple of his tweets that I saw over the last couple of days. And I feel like they're, I think that he's speaking a lot of truth in them. And the first one that he says, um, so these were on November 7th, I believe. And so he says, as an artist, it's our job to explore and try new things. A lot of cats don't take risks. They just make the same old thing over and over. All my albums were different from each other. That's always been my mission, to provide new experiences. I always hoped people would see that. I th- Like I said, I think he's speaking a lot of truth in these tweets because I feel like if an artist just puts out the same stuff over and over, it gets predictable, it gets old. Um, it, it, it almost like lacks... Like it, I feel like I would stop anticipating something if I know... Like, if you know you're getting like if you know what you're gonna get you're not really gonna anticipate it whatever you're gonna just like take it as it comes and i feel like kid cuddy obviously isn't one of those artists you know he like he said all his albums were different and he really has provided new experiences with every single one of his albums and i'm excited for his next project it's coming out in 2020 according to him at some point um But yeah, so these were like a series of tweets. And then the next one, he goes on to say, I don't dwell on sales. Of course, I want my album to do well or do good, um, as he he said. But if it doesn't, I'm still always happy with the shit we put out. Because I stayed true to what I was feeling at the time. You can't be scared doing this music shit. You got to go for it every single time. And I feel like this really applies to a lot of things you know not just music i feel like music um definitely is probably one of the biggest scenarios where like you have to be happy with what you put out um but i feel like i really enjoyed this tweet because like i said you know kid cuddy has gone through some things 
and um, if this is like his way of expressing himself, uh, then I, I I'm all for it, you know, because um, this is how, like you said, this is how he stays true to like what he feels. This is kind of how he expresses himself, and he's happy with it. And obviously, like like he said again, he wants his stuff to do well, but he doesn't dwell on the sales because for him it almost seems like this is like his escape, you know, and. Yeah, so that that tweet I also really thought was a lot of truth to it. And again, I feel like it doesn't only apply to music. I feel like it applies to all other like art forms, all other like pretty much everything that goes that like you put into like the public eye, you know, uh, anything that goes out for like criticism and all that stuff. Yeah. So the next one was. It was a pretty simple tweet. It's just him saying this next album is for all the lovers out there. And I, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I know that, like I said, he mentioned his album's coming in 2020. And I'm really excited to see what he does with that. Um, especially now that he's in a better space personally. I know that we've gotten some Kid Cudi recently with um, Kids See Ghosts. But I want to hear a solo album from Kid Cudi. Because we haven't gotten one since, was it Pain, Passion, and Demon Slaying, I believe, something like that. I believe that was his last project, or his last solo album. I could be wrong, though. And <clears throat> so I want, I also wanted to get into, you know, this is like, you know, it's a little more sensitive, obviously, because it's about Kid Cudi's, like, mental struggles. And not just Kid Cudi, but, like, anybody. You know, um, somebody tweeted to him about like um, speeding bullet to heaven and whatnot. And somebody said like they said that it helped him it helped them through a lot of dark times and that somebody who hates on that album just can't relate to it. And Kid Cudi quoted the tweet and he says that he was dealing with some real stuff during that album. And it was one of his darkest. And he says darker than. Uh, made on the moon too according like through his perspective he says he just wanted to scream and yell and make angry songs it was the only way he could express what he was feeling at the time so <clears throat> like i said kid cuddy you've you've seen him like you've seen kid cuddy go through like the the highs and lows of everything and obviously in the last few years he had some lows in his life um and I, you know, I found some interviews with Kid Cudi and whatnot, where he says, uh, I'm quoting him. He says, "There, w that's where most of the bad stuff came, or came in. Um, I had to live up to be this person, and I don't feel like that. It's like doing a comedy, but you're miserable." And he goes on to say, "It's like my life was like this show, and I was always supposed to be on, but when the show was over, I was completely miserable for a long time. I wasn't happy when I woke up in the morning." And so, and he says that it was like, this was like a, f a result of fame and like the expectations from fans and from society even and whatnot. And um, back in 2016, he checked himself into rehab um, and he posted like a long note on Facebook and Twitter. And I have the quote, um, I'm going to read it, obviously. I feel like a lot of people will be able to relate to this. I also know that it's like a more sensitive subject, but not. But 
Um, so in the post, he said, it's been difficult for me to try to find, it's been difficult for me to find the words to what I'm about to share with you because I feel ashamed, ashamed to be a leader and hero to so many while admitting I've been living a lie. Um, it took me a while to get to this place of commitment, but it is something I have to do for myself, my family, my best friend slash daughter, and all of you, my fans. He says, yesterday I checked myself into rehab for depression and suicidal urges. I am not at peace. I haven't been since you've known me. Um, he says, if I didn't come here, I would have done something to myself. I simply am a damaged human swimming in a pool of emotions every day of my life. There's a raging storm inside of my heart at all times. Um, and he goes on to say, uh, I don't know what peace feels like. I don't know how to relax. My anxiety and depression have ruled my life for as long as I can remember, and I never leave the house because of it. Um, obviously, there's more to it. I don't want to go through all of it just because whatever it's... I don't want to get like too touchy with certain, with people, and I don't want to... you know, It's a long post, so whatever. But I feel like it was really brave of him to kind of like admit to this you know I feel like the first step in that recovery process is realizing that you do have a problem and obviously this was back October 5th 2016 we know that since then he's been uh, doing a lot better so obviously he checks himself into rehab and like I said before he said he wasn't happy when he woke up he had these suicidal urges he was depressed uh, it was taking over his life and I feel like this was a big step, not only for Kid Cudi, but I feel like it's also a big step for a lot of people who um, battle with these issues uh, on a daily basis, you know? Um, and I, I really like the fact that he did it for him, but also for like his loved ones, um, because he realized that him doing something to himself wouldn't wouldn't only obviously affect him but it would affect everybody around him his family his daughter um his fans all his loved ones and so i feel like it was super brave of him um and really for anybody uh i feel like this whole thing applies to anybody who deals with these you know issues on a on a regular basis as far as like depression anxiety um suicidal thoughts and all that other like all those urges to like do something to yourself I feel like it this all applies to you as far as like you're not alone with like when you go through this um and I know that it's a lot harder to like realize that when you're in the middle of it when you're going through it when you're experiencing this um because obviously it's just when you're in it you don't really see like you don't really see the end of the you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Um, and I know that a lot of people will kind of just, like, take the perspective of, like, maybe it's it's easier if, like, I wasn't here. And I feel like that's not true at all. Because, obviously, you have loved ones. You have people that care about you. Uh, even if it doesn't feel like it. Um, and it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know? I don't think that going through these issues is something to be ashamed of or something like you should be afraid to 
you know talk to somebody about I think that it's something you should almost like it's something that you should almost like find like help for you know just because like I said you're not the only person going through it so you're gonna find like that relatability in somebody else and maybe that's gonna give you that glimpse of hope that you that you might not know that you need but that you need and I feel like Kid Cudi was a great example of that because he's in the public eye um obviously he's done well for himself he's got a great career um he's made money and again this goes on to show that money doesn't necessarily mean happiness there's stuff that you know people battle their demons every day and that's not reserved for a certain wealth class or whatever everybody goes through it and <clears throat> so i guess the, like biggest takeaway from that is that like you know you're not alone if uh if you do go through that and i think that it's definitely something that um it's worth like acknowledging and it's worth like admitting just because it's it's almost like one step closer to getting better and and yeah i know that i just got like super deep and like maybe sad for you guys um but i gave you a funny episode last week so i had to you know bring it back down to earth a little bit i guess um but yeah no that's pretty much all i had to say today um just had to talk about a couple things uh, i wanted to I've, I've been wanting to talk about kid cuddy for a little bit now and i felt like this was probably the best time to do it um with all his like activity lately so um but yeah um i just wanted to give a quick shout out again to earnsley uh starting his own clothing company it's called oak haven boston um you can find it right now on instagram if you go to at oak haven boston go buy it through him on there um again we have something coming for you guys really soon we're excited for that and um yeah man i mean like i said that's all i got for for this week um go make somebody's day i know i've said it before and i'll keep saying it um the smallest thing could really brighten up somebody's day um you really never know who's gonna need it um and i feel like the stuff that i just talked about with kid cuddy you know it just kind of like brings that to light that somebody might seem super strong they might seem happy but deep down maybe they're not um so with that in mind check on your strong friends check on all your friends check on your family um whoever else you got check on them make sure that they're cool you know text message or a call goes a long way and um but yeah man and feel free to share this episode with somebody who might like need that reassurance and like might need to like might need to know that they're not alone um because like i said everybody goes through it and there is a light at the end of the tunnel so um yeah share it with somebody again you can follow us at rainy days on instagram that's r-n-y-d-y-s twitter rainy days r-n-y-d-y-s with two underscores youtube soundcloud uh and anchor you can find the podcast if you just look up rainy days with randy Alay, last name a-l-a-y um go follow us feel free to 
you know like the YouTube video subscribe to YouTube uh, follow our SoundCloud everything you know um, we've gotten good feedback we're looking forward to getting more of it and yeah um, again thank you guys for listening we really appreciate it you're making my day by doing this by listening to me by watching this video um, and yeah like I said that's pretty much all I got so thank you guys for listening um, I love you all you're all beautiful people and I will see you next week episode 8 and yeah man appreciate you guys have a good rest of your day night morning whatever goodbye